Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. This week we jump into the price of the altar, the cost, if you will. One of the things that is very difficult for us to not even comprehend, but just understand is when things break. I hate breaking glasses, spoons, cups. I realized the other day in my house that the plates Zinaisha too from the shelf. Have you ever go, gone and looked at your cups in your house? The single guys, I'm sorry, single, single people kuna sidingini up. I'm not pointing fingers because now nanikama side to When you look at your cups in your shelf, there's a day I realized one of my favorite cups is not there. Went to ask the house help, we hate it when things break. It's almost as if you wish you could go back to that moment just before Ulishika Vibaya to correct the situation. It is the same with life. Who hates breakup? Who likes breakups? I hate them with a passion. I can still remember the feelings I had in high school when I was with some person. This is how I'm going, my good. It is crushing, Bana. When you lose your job, my goodness, I've lost so many. I was saying last week, come on, please. When we lose stuff, it is just, ugh. when the car, my goodness, when I'm driving, and then it is so annoying. The same it is with the altar. One of the things you're going to see today, and you'll see it very quickly, is the fact that there is a price, there is a cost to the altering process of the Lord. The cost is there. One of the things you must choose very quickly to accept is that it exists. It is not going to come from somewhere else, but from you and nobody else. In talking about the price of the altar, we have to talk about the cost of making the altar. Like we mentioned last week, and in looking at the cost, we have to look at what God directed the children of Israel to do in making it. How did he direct them? He told them it was to be made of earth, udongom changa, or rocks. And sometimes even a single rock. In building the altar, he told them never to make it from a brick. This was primarily to prevent the altar from becoming an idol and to prevent pride of a workmanship. The altar was to have no steps in it as directed in Exodus chapter 20. And finally, there were to be no trees surrounding it. The altar's main cost or price was the earth, even Changai, or the rocks. They were to be handpicked in their natural state. In high school, in Shule, we are being told, eh, Ebu, go and collect the stones from there. We want to put something over here. We want to cover this. We want to. That is exactly how they were to build the altar. They were to take stones in their natural state. They, they could not be cut. Yani, no work was to be done on these stones. They were to be picked and used on the altar. This is what we'll be concentrating on today. That 
cost price of building the altar. We need to remember that God was giving his laws to the children of Israel so that they could not be like their neighbors, the Canaanites. Remember the book of Exodus? He was telling them, I'm sending you to a promised land. This promised land, Ikona, guys already living and existing in there. And so one of the things you must do, you cannot copy them. You cannot be like them. You cannot mimic them in any way. Because, believe it or not, these guys had the altars as well. They were doing it, but theirs were very beautiful. They were made of bricks. The stones were cut like you see. We cut stones even to do our fences. And they were beautiful things, almost like museums. And God was telling them, uh -uh, in building the altars, I'm going to tell you, you must get stones in their natural state. The altars made by the Canaanites had, rock were, had rocks that sometimes even painted. The way we paint some of the things that we do right now. It was a pretty sight and God was quickly teaching the Israelites that the focus should never be the altar, but God himself. He was warning the Israelites that in worshipping him, he was never going to share his glory with no man or object. God was teaching the Israelites in a very peculiar way about walking with him. He was directing their hearts to life in the Lord. And this is how, just give me a second. He insisted on the lack of trees around the altar and the lack of brick to help teach them that the altar was to be built with focus, not being on the beauty, but on God. He insisted on the lack of steps leading to the altar so that their nakedness would not be on the altar. Their flesh would not be revealed on the altar. He insisted on the use of earth and rock to remind them that they were to come to the Lord God just as they were. Just as they were. Beings that are made of earth. Remember Genesis and God formed even Eve from the very clay of the earth. This also related to the rocks that were to be uncut, signifying that the rocks were to be used just as they were on the altar and not made to look good before being put on the altar. This is what we are calling today the cost or the price of the altar. God is reminding us through the altar building that we are to come to him just as we are. To build the altar, they were to use their lives just in the state they were. The state of the earth and the rock signified the state of their life and that was very okay for the building of the altar. You must realize that most of the rocks that were being used never looked good. They were not machine cut. They were not painted. They were not done for any processes to make them look any better. And God was saying, use that. They were broken, chipped, small, big. They were all kinds of sizes. They were different. And God is simply saying, that is what I want you to use to build an altar. He's simply telling us this morning that in the brokenness that we find ourselves in, it is still very okay to build an altar before the Lord.
He wants you to come to him in your brokenness, in your flesh, in your lack. God is simply saying, the price of the altar that you are to make before me is of you and how you are and your brokenness and all of the things that you think are not worthy before him. Do you feel stepped on like the earth or broken in the house of God today? God wants you to build an altar before him with just those broken pieces like he told the Israelites. Brokenness comes from the root word break, which has been defined as to separate into pieces as a result of a blow, shock, or strain. It is also to interrupt a continuity sequence or cause. It has also been defined as to crush the emotional strength, spirit, or resistance of a person. Most of us, here's a problem. Most of us shun brokenness in all its forms. We want to look made up. We want to look nikama. We have it all together. We don't want to look as if there's an issue going on. We don't want to look as if we've just been sacked from our jobs. We don't want to look nikama tunatembeanga kuchukua bus. One of the things you used to do in high school, my goodness, when we go for funkies with a group that I'm not going to mention, Dionisiringe Sana, is whenever we got to the place that we got to, we had brushes in our coats. So that ile vumbi ya kiatu, young people, young guys, single guys, mutamutailewa, isionekane. If we are sweating, you go and get some tissue and wipe your face. Kama unyole meja vumbi, go get some water, remove that, so that by the time you're standing in front of people on a car, you are with it. We hate to look nikama things are off. We hate it. Society today demands of us to look good and with it. Having it together every time. But let's see what the Bible says on the matter. Job 17 verse 1. My spirit, Job says, is broken. My days are extinguished. The grave is ready for me. This is Job. The man who the Bible says had no fault before God. And yet he was saying that. Psalms 34 verse 18. The Lord is near, hear this, to the brokenhearted, And saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalms 51. David confessing about what he did. For you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Psalms 147 verse 3. He heals, talking of God, the broken hearted. And binds up their wounds. He's like the doctor. Not our guest in the house. But he's like the doctor in the hospital. Isaiah 57 verse 15. For thus saith the high and exalted one. Who lives forever, whose name is holy, I dwell on a high and holy place, and also with the contrite and lowly of spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly 
and to revive the heart of the contrite. Isaiah 61, verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Speaking of the Lord in the future, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. Isaiah 66 verse 2, For my hand made all these things, speaking of the Lord, thus all these things came into being, declares the Lord. But to this one I will look to him who is humble and contrite of spirit and who trembles at my word. This is from the scriptures. The world teaches us not to look broken before people. But that is from the word of God. From all this, we learn the following about brokenness. Follow with me for a minute. Number one, God warns us against being hard and unbroken. God warns us against being hard and unbroken. Remember, we are talking about the price of the altering. The price of the altar. The price of altering in your life. He is warning us, and this is how we finished last week's sermon, against being hard and unbroken. The book of Job, chapter 9 and verse 4, B, tells us this powerful thing. Who has hardened himself against him and prospered? Who is that? You can never harden yourself against the Lord and prosper. Never. If he's speaking to your heart, one of the things you must do is obey very quickly. If he's telling you to go left, go left. If he's telling you to go right, go right. If he's telling you to stand still, stand still like Moses and seek the salvation of God. Who, Job asked, has hardened himself against him, Jehovah, and prospered? Psalms 95, verse 7 and 8, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture. And the sheep of his hand. Today, if you'll hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Last week, we mentioned that the children of Israel took 40 years. 40. To get to the promised land that was supposed to be 11 days. A journey of 11 days took 40 years. Why? The hardened hearts. I beg you by the mercies of God today in his house. If God is directing you in any way, I beg you, listen to him and follow him. Because if you don't, the hardening of your heart will make you not get to the place he designs for you in your life. As ugly and as unpleasant as it is, number two, it is okay to be broken. As ugly and unpleasant as it is, it is okay to be broken. It is okay, even further, to be heartbroken. This is a normal way of life. It is not a sign of weakness. One of the things that we are taught as men, especially when we are growing up, is a man cannot cry. We are taught very quickly, very early, that showing weakness, like tears in front of people, is wrong. But that's not biblical. 
It is not how, if, if, if Christ shared, shed his tears in public, then what was wrong with that? The society today warns us against looking weak in front of people. And brokenness is one, one thing as well. It is very difficult for any man to stand in front of a public place and tell them, guys, I've lost my job. Hey, what's your problem? It's very difficult to stand and tell people, hey, I'm in a difficult place. I, I feel kind of depressed. I'm going through issues. One of the most, the, one of the saddest things you're facing today. I don't know how many saw the BBC piece about the guys who are dying in Yandarwa. Out of depression. Guys are just killing themselves. Men. Because we've, we've not been taught on how to just be broken in front of people. The world has taught us that being broken in front of others is a sign of weakness. And so instead of coming out in the open with our issues, we go and die with them in private. I beg you by the mercies of God, if your heart is in a place of ugliness or unpleasantness or just pain, I urge you to speak out. Speak out because it is normal. We all go through it. It is not a sign of weakness. Remember David, who was almost killed by his boss. He was working for King Saul. And Saul wanted to kill him because God had spoken to the life of David that he was going to be the king. Dude was heartbroken, but he made it. Remember King Solomon, who at the end of his life in the book of Ecclesiastes talks about everything that he went through in his life being vain, empty. But he still made it. It's still okay, guys. Job lost his family. Do you know how it would be painful to lose everyone you love as family? Your children dying before you. One of the most painful things a parent can go through is losing your child. Yet he went through it and made it. Guys, being broken is, is part of life. Elijah, the Bible says, even after bringing the fire from heaven, before the nation of Israel, was told that he would be killed by the queen of the land and was heartbroken. Yet he made it. Naomi, remember? was heartbroken from losing her husband and children in the process. But she made it. Peter, the servant of the Lord, the prophet, not the prophet, the disciple, denied Christ three times. Was heartbroken because of it, but he made it. Paul, the apostle, we are told, the book of Corinthians, it Corinthians, three times he asked the Lord to remove the thorn from his flesh. Yet he made it. Guys, being broken is a part of normal life. Number three, if we yield to the breaking process, it will be easier on us than if God has to force his breaking on us. One of the things you must begin to realize about this walk of salvation, about being a believer, about being a child of God, is he allows us in places of offering, of altering, 
he allows us to get to a place where we must pay a price in the altering space. And the price lies in your brokenness. But you must allow God. You must is the key word. Allow God. You must yield to the breaking process. Yield to it. Is he asking you to leave your job? Yield. Is he asking you to take on this job? Yield to it. Is he asking you to stop doing this? Stop it. Is he asking you to get to the place of prayer? Get there. Is he asking you to give? Give. Is he asking you to serve? Serve. Is he asking you to go and help your family? Go and help them. Because one of the beautiful things about being under Christ is the promptings of the Spirit are so clear to us. But the problem is when we refuse, then alteration begins. Yield to the process in Jesus' name. Number four, the Lord loves the broken in heart who draw close to him in their brokenness. The brokenness of your heart does not repel God from you. The only condition being that you then have to reciprocate and choose to draw near to him in your brokenness. Never allow your brokenness to draw you away from God. One of the things we do very badly is when we go through, we tend sometimes to blame the Lord. We tend to feel disappointed in the Lord. We tend to feel angry with the Lord. And what then happens is when we do that, we repel him. We tell him, eh -eh, you know, historiako boss. See ya. Now the problem with that, remember what he said in the beginning, is the more we choose to stay away from him, the longer the process takes of your alteration. Are you there today? I beg you by the mercies of God, draw close to him. He loves the broken in heart. He loves them. But only those who draw to him in their brokenness. God is in the business of using your broken pieces to make an altar that is pleasing to him. Never think that the issues that you have faced, the life that you have had, the good, the bad, the ups, the downs, are anything to just make you feel bad. These are things that God uses in your life to push you into the places that he's designed for you. Never forget that. As we finish in the house of God today, please remember the altar's main price was the earth or rocks used to make it. These were to be handpicked from their natural states and had to be uncut to avoid them looking good. In worshiping God, using the altar, the focus should never be the altar but God. God was warning and still warns us today that in worshiping him, he was never going to share his glory with any man or any object and is still the case today. God insisted on the use of earth and rock to remind the Israelites that they were to come to the Lord God just as they were. Beings made of earth. 
This also related to the rocks that were to be uncut, signifying that the rocks were to be used just as they were on the altar, broken, and not made to look good before being put on the altar. Being broken like the rocks is a normal way of life. Please remember that as we finish in the house of God. And it is never a sign of weakness. We need to yield to the breaking process in our lives, which is easier than God forcing his breaking on us. Finally, the Lord loves the broken in heart, but only those who choose to draw close to him in their brokenness. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road. <laughs>